Happy Friday, theater lovers. This week's guest is Brody Fitzpatrick, take two. We chat about having bees for feet. I learn what a free zone is, his theater origin story, and much more. Brody is insightful and super easy to talk to. On with the show. Um, cool. Okay, so let's get crack-a-lackin'. Um, so we'll welcome back to the show, Brody Fitzpatrick. Um, you were here briefly before to talk about an event that was coming up, but today we're here just to chat about you and, and your experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, welcome welcome back. Um, did we play... Oh, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, did we play which one when you were here? I can't even remember. Oh, we did, yes. Do you want to play it again? Because that's fun for Absolute, me. Absolutely. Okay, yes, perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> this is like a All highlight right, of my day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know what we need to do. I'm going to give you two options. You're going to choose which of the two you'd prefer and why. First, I need to know blue or red. You don't have to tell me which color you prefer. Just pick one. Blue. Definitely blue. blue. Down. Okay. Which one would you prefer <clears throat> to shout everything you say for one year or or wear shoes filled with baked beans? Oh, no. Okay, so no. I have to go with the, what is it, yell everything for a year? Shout, but yeah, basically. Shout? Oh, no. Okay, so I... I'm one of those people that have a uh, my voice is like very naturally loud yeah and over the years I've definitely learned how to tone it down a bit but uh yeah I, I think I could manage with shouting for a year because I mean uh, some people think I'm shouting just with my normal <laughs> voice so <laughs> that is... I, the bait I I hate beans I hate beans and it's <laughs> It really sucks because I know they're very nutritionally sound and very good for you. But yeah, I just, I cannot stand the smell or the texture or any of that. It's, and like I said, it's really too bad because it's, it's a solid meal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What you said is very relatable. I am, I'm definitely a loud person. I'm, I'm especially, I'm that woman in the restaurant that's laughing really loudly and interrupting everyone's meal. And I can't help it. Like when I laugh, I laugh with my whole self. Um, Often when I'm editing these episodes, the worst is my laughter because it just like red tracks on the sound and it's terrible. Um, But, and, and, and beans, I don't mind, but baked beans mm, and in my shoes. mm, Yeah, no, can't do it. Can't do it. God, I, you know, and it's terrible. We have you heard of the uh, the uh, it's I, it's a current trend. It's called the uh, like it's like they're a ten, but they I don't know they're they're a ten, but they they listen to Nickelback kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So me and my friends back in my first year of college or sorry my third year of college, we made up this game called Ten Out of Ten, where it's essentially the same idea like Ten Out of Ten. But, you know, we came up with things that were just a little bit more uh, weird and otherworldly, such as uh, 10 out of 10, but her feet are made of bees, like a colony of bees on each feet. Like just bees, no no hive or anything, just bees. Are they aggressive? Super weird. Uh, so, and and that and that's part of the that's part of the game is you have to answer people's questions about it. So in this case, these bees are very uh, god because i always remember this one because this is one of the first ones we actually had like a really serious discussion about (laughs) 
Um, so no, the bees are docile. docile. They will not interfere. All they do is act as feet. No. Which, yeah, I. you know what? Bee feet, like, aside from this particular scenario, I'd have to wonder how useful bee feet would be. Yeah, my mind is racing with, like, do they make honey? <laughs> Can they make me fly? That, that, that was my first thought. I was like, can I use bees as, like, a personal hoverboard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd probably be very soothing when you sleep. Like, I sleep with, uh, this is probably, I shouldn't share this with the world, but I sleep with the sound machine like a oh, child. Yep. And, like, yep. I think uh, the sound of bees would be quite soothing. No, I'll, I'll join you in on that one. I fall asleep to, uh, it's either going to be the Aragon series or the Harry <laughs> Potter series. 100%. I fall asleep to one of those audiobooks. I, and I mean, really, the, the reason is simple. It's just they're young adult novels, not really much to think about, you know. And in the end, it's like, yep, the good guy will win. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's nothing so troublesome in those books that it's like, yeah, I'm going to think about that all night. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, they won. I get to have a good sleep now instead of thinking about the 50 billion other things that are happening. That sounds nice. Actually, there's a, a podcast that I really like um, called Get Sleepy, and they do a lot of like rewrites of classic stories, but like in a sleepier way. So nice. You, yeah, so you know that like nothing's ever gonna get scary. And as I'm like, my eyes are closing while I'm thinking about this. <laughs> um, there'll even be parts in the podcast where they're like, "And you drift gently off to sleep." And then oh, it'll no, pause. see, that's perfect. And then you're like, perfect. ah. <laughs> I am definitely looking that up. Yeah, that's uh, great. Because there is one chapter in the fourth book of the Aragon series, uh, Inheritance, where it opens up with someone screaming. <laughs> yeah, <Wake up. laughs> so super great. Yeah, like literally, like, and I always know exactly what chapter it is because it's like, oh, yep, hot. Ooh, it's three in the morning and I'm hearing that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I to wake up. Okay, so I have to be honest. I don't, I don't, Aragon sounds really familiar, but I can't place it. Uh, really terrible one movie that they did. It was uh, Christopher Paolini, I, I think is how you say his name, but he was really big at the time because he was like 13 or 14 when he released the first book. Oh, wow. And, I mean, looking back, it, it's it's clearly just a ripoff of the first Star Wars movie, but, um, sorry, Star Wars Episode Four specifically. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's... I don't think it's a book series that anybody should look at and be like, "Wow, that is a like that is the pinnacle of young adult novels." But it, it's I think it's I think it's good enough. I think it's well written. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of good characters, and of course, it's the very typical high fantasy elves, dwarves, that mm. kind of stuff. So okay. it's just you know, it's just like I said, it's very. I don't have to think about it because I've already read the books. When I, I read them when I was a kid, right? Yeah. And now it's just when I listen to them, it's just, yep, just very, uh, very soothing to just be like, yeah, I, I read this before. I know what happens. Everybody's okay. Right on. Okay, so I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm a librarian. That's why I get that extra inquisitive and, and I was writing like a lot of notes down because uh, I can't read them all man so yeah, I like it yeah. when people tell me about them so then at least if a, a patron comes into the library and mentions it I can kind of fudge it like I know what I'm talking about kind of mm -hmm. 
kind of. Um, okay, well, we went off the rails there for a good, like, ten minutes. Just a little bit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I, God, I am the master of tangents. Samesies! Yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So we'll get back to, um, to theater-slash-music-related stuff. Um, I was hoping you would tell me kind of your origin story, your how you got into music uh, once oh. upon a time. Oh, okay. So, um, wow. The thing is, is it's really hard to pinpoint an exact start. Oh. Um, kind of my whole life I've been sort of involved in music. Like, And when I say sort of involved, I think like as a young child, like I'm talking like five to 13-ish, um, I experienced a lot of music myself. Like it was very much a, a self-discovery kind of thing. And this was back in the day, like, Oh God, I'm going to age myself here. Um, so this was back in the day when my one of my favorite possessions was an alarm clock that also had a CD player built in. Mm. And you could set it so that the alarm would go off and start the first track. Yes. So for years of my life, like I'm talking like, yeah, like from like five until 13, I woke up to the beethoven symphony number nine number nine wow. and like i everybody everybody knows that one i'm fairly you know if you've if you've watched any milk commercials in the 90s you know exactly which one i'm talking about um but yeah so i listened to that and you know growing up without really realizing the relevance of what i was saying and like you know how ridiculous it might sound to adults for a five or six year old to be like yeah my favorite artist is beethoven <laughs> Uh, and, it, and it was. I, I really enjoyed, and when I say enjoy, I mean I truly enjoy that kind of music. I think that period of music, um, <laughs> without getting into the history books of it all, because God, I know I'm going to mess this up, but I think that was a period of time in music where somebody could really dedicate their entire life to it. Uh, Beethoven, in particular, from what I know, um, Obviously, everybody knows he was he was mostly deaf, um, and there's a lot of things that he did to get around that barrier. One of the big things he did that I think was kind of, I'm sure it would be really funny to look upon, is he would put a metal rod into the soundboard of his piano, and he would bite onto it so that oh. when he was playing, he could actually feel, feel what vibration. notes he was playing. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I think that came from a... Uh, from myself, it came from... A, what was it? it? It was kind of almost like a religious, spiritual experience mm. in the sense that it's like, when I listened to that music, I didn't really understand that that kind of stuff was possible for your average gay human to learn at some point. To me, it was really like, it, it was truly uh, ethereal in a sense. Mm. Um, I actually, I, I came to later name that feeling, but uh, I'll talk about that later. But um the so yeah I, I started out with that like i was in a choir when i was in grade seven no like six or something like that and like I, it was just a lot of you know build up build up build up build up until finally in grade nine um we were doing a high school christmas show and part of it was that one of the older people in the drama club would direct it somebody else would write it etc cetera, etc cetera. I'm sure every, everybody in Sarnia at this point probably knows the name Nick McKinley. Uh, he was the director for this grade 9 show that I was in, and he cast me as the male lead, 
I, I hate calling any character the male lead. I, from that point on, I kind of just kept theater, kept doing theater. And I remember I said to someone, I, I, we were sitting in the, the, the auditorium at uh, Skits when it was still open. And I remember looking at them and saying, like, God, I just, I really wish I could just keep doing this for the rest of my life. Because, like, I knew at the time that it's like, yeah, like, you know, theater and acting, it's a very tumultuous field. As anybody, I'm sure, knows, like, you know, it's a very risky career choice, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the person that I was talking to at the time, she just looked at me and she said, like, okay, just why not? Why can't you just go and do that? And I kind of looked at her and I was like, you know... You know, I really don't have a good answer to that. Um, so, yeah, I, I messed around for a little bit in the sense that, like, I did a lot of... I was in a band. Uh, I did a lot of shows. I was a part of some projects that were very uh, crazy. I don't know if anybody remembers Vampire Heart, but I was a part of that from day one, and that was crazy ride. And, you know, looking back on it, I, I... Recognize that that show was uh, well, like it was just scheduling and things like that. Like we had to cancel the show at one point and oh. then do it like a couple of months later. Um, but I, I look back on it, going like that was just a really good experience. I met a lot of people that even to this day, like I still talk to quite frequently. Yeah. So from there, I yeah, I kept doing stuff, kept doing stuff, and then I would say the pinnacle of like my amateur career in the sense of like you know not professional not getting paid was um in my last year of high school i was kind of on the fence about whether or not i was going to come back for a victory lap um anybody who doesn't know what a victory lap is it's when you go from grade 12 which you're supposed to graduate and leave uh to grade 13 where it's just like yeah you kind of just take extra courses in my case i did have to get um, some credit. I, I was notorious for skipping school and oh. not handing in homework. And truly, I don't think it was because I was an idiot or anything. It was more so just I did not want to do those things. <laughs> I skipped a lot of class to memorize lines, actually. Like when I was uh, Captain Hook and Peter Pan, one of my one of the things I did a lot during that show was I would skip school and go sit by the water and memorize my lines and you know just think about being a pirate and you know what that what that character entails and all that so anyways sorry tangent again but uh, <laughs> anyways so in my last year of high school I was on the fence about going back and my teacher came up to me uh, she her and I had been working together at that point for three years like a lot <laughs> and she came up to me and she's like are you coming back next year and I was like and she's like no no now like you should come back next year and so I came back, and we ended up doing Les Miserables, where oh. I played Valjean. And it was a high school production, and of course, like, it was, you know, it, 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 we didn't have a huge budget or anything like that. And I still look back on that as, like, one of the, one of my favorite times as an actor. Like, oh. I, Les Miserables is absolutely my favorite musical of all time. It's the musical that got me into musicals. And yeah, sorry, part of the origin story as well <laughs> is that I saw... A production of Les Mis at Skits, uh, and that kind of led me into getting into musicals. It wasn't really until I got into high school that I started really studying and really like looking at musicals. And even then, I've never really considered myself a 
quote-unquote music theater kid Uh, i have a diploma in it but i still kind of don't i'm like i'm not the typical theater kid you know i don't so yeah i mean god i i my origin story has a lot of different facets um but it really just it comes from a love for the art it just comes from a absolute place of love for the art i think there is so much to be said in a song or even a monologue anything Mm. that it's just you know it's it's important it's Mm. important regardless of what people think of the arts it's something that especially like just personally in my life uh has been such a huge 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 part of my life that has guided me through the years and like arguably somebody could say like oh you know they didn't guide you super well or anything like that however i would say that it's like no the experiences i learned in theater especially as a younger child absolutely shaped me into who i am today Mm. okay i wrote down like a hundred things the first thing i'm gonna go back like a ways Sure. Yeah. No, and I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I no. Get very ranty. I just want you to know. No, you're doing great. You're perfect. I just want you to know that I was listening because I'm gonna go back like a while and you're gonna be like, yeah. girl, I just I just talked a lot about this stuff. Anyway, Symphony number no. nine, is that the one that goes da 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 No, no. <sighs> uh it's uh da 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 Yeah, uh, love milk something life i don't know okay okay thank you thank you <laughs> yeah yeah that's the big one i took that's one class one. in university on beethoven <laughs> and we had to like i had no business in this class we had to like identify the opus numbers and all that kind of jazz and uh oh, yeah. yeah i was i barely even passed it but okay and then you said something about and i just wrote down named a feeling and you said i'm going to come back to this and i didn't write down what the feeling was do you remember oh. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm going to mess up this pronunciation. I'm sure it's French. It's called uh, frisson. Frisson okay. is probably the best way. So it's F R I S S O N. F R I S S O N. Okay. Yep. And so what that feeling is, or or what that's described as, is the, the French. The French. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. Somebody basically made it that it is a. It's an emotional epiphany. Ooh. It's in the sense that it's very much it's it, it's the feeling. I think it's the feeling that you get when you like when you see okay when you see a movie like let let's just say for example the Notebook. Everybody kind of knows the idea of the Notebook. Mm-hmm. When you watch that movie and when you finally like you go start to finish and then at the end credits when the movie you know starts going the credits go by and it's just that movie uh, or that moment of where was I just now and why do I feel like my entire body is not in my body mm. <laughs> that's, that's super weird but no, like I, totally. I just I know what it, you're it's saying. the it's the idea of like you have to kind of take a minute to sit with that feeling and be like wow like that really moved me or whatever right like the notebook in particular like I, I don't care who you are the notebook is a sad story and it makes you cry um but uh so yeah so that i have a confession i've never watched the notebook but they all everybody dies or something in the end right (laughs) i i also have a confession i have only seen 
I'd say probably the big beats of that movie, but I've never watched it start to finish specifically for that reason, because I know it's just like, I'm just going to feel sad. Well, that's <laughs> it. That's what sad. it is. Like, I avoid romance because, like, that, it, it's, it's always, it's always sad parts. There's always yeah. good parts, but there's always, okay. Um, I mean, they have, they do have a happy ending, but okay. it's not the happy ending where you're like, oh, I really enjoyed watching that. <laughs> you just feel wrecked afterward. Like, I don't understand this yeah. whole, like, people who, I'm going to go on a tangent. I'll try to keep it brief. But when people are like, oh, my God, crying is so good for you. I always feel so good after a cry. I feel like absolute garbage after I cry. It is not a good oh, time yeah. for me. Why would but you watch I, I a movie it's... that you know is going to make you cry? I think the the thing is is I I totally understand that other perspective of like oh yeah I just had a really good cry and now I feel so good I I uh, like speaking as a man <laughs> speaking as a man <laughs> um it's very uh I I don't care what anybody says this is controversial maybe but I I don't think we're at a place in a, our society where people can be comfortable with men crying, which is a which, shame. It is. Men cry. Yeah. I cry. It's I reality. am a man and I have cried yeah. and I've not cried because someone punched me in the face. I cried because someone punched me in the heart, you know? Like it's not it's it's not uh, like I I I hate when men think that they're weak for crying. Oh yeah, no. Because it's just it's so far from the truth. Absolutely. It's just like maybe and you know what like maybe it is a moment of weakness but it's like you need to let it out like I, I and i think when people say i had a good cry it's like yeah i i i'd say i have a good cry like every six months okay. and like that's a that's a long period of time to to wait to cry but i think that when people say i had a good cry it's like I've been holding this in for so long and I finally just got to let go mm -hmm. and just look like a sopping, snotty mess for a couple of minutes. And then I wipe away my tears and of course like my face is all blotchy and you know, I'm all stuffed up, but it's like, yeah, you go take a hot shower and you just try to try to clean yourself up a bit, but yeah, good cry. Good okay, cry. Okay, I, okay. I feel that yeah. and I honestly like I feel left out in a way because I wish that that was the case for me, but like I am down for the day, man. If I have a good cry, I am like I'm going night night, that's it. Bring me some like a couple bags of chips and I'm going to bed. That's the end of the day. Um so I wish that was the experience <laughs> that it was, you know, cathartic or but then uh, anyway. Um, what's that what's that part in the Grinch movie where he, he he's going over the checklist and he says, All right, eight PM I'm gonna just wail and cry for an hour. <laughs> gonna check it off the list. But there is definitely yeah. like there's a strength in uh admitting as as a dude that you can cry. There's there's strength and vulnerability too. And mm. being willing to be in in a vulnerable place. So I, I really think that we're coming along as a society i mean i guess yes. i can't speak for society i don't think that's my role in this life but uh i do think that we are coming along okay yeah um let me see what else that i wanted to oh yes okay um you talked about vampire heart like i should know what that no. is and i was hoping that maybe you could touch on that a little smidgen more because i don't vampire heart was a project it was a musical it's based on the original dracula novel oh. yeah so it's you know it's dracula got the musical 
Oh my gosh, I'm gonna forget people's names no, now. Don't it's worry like about Lucy, <laughs> Lucy, and someone else, and you know Dracula, and uh, a lot of people. A lot of people were involved in those productions, and uh, all, I think the only reason I really bring it up a lot is because it was the first musical I was part of. That was it, it was an original rock musical, and it did it had, it did it had a lot of good music it had a lot of potential i will be the first to say that three hours is way too long you need to cut an at least an hour out of that but uh yeah no it was i always bring it up because i just like i i i also rehearsed that show for a full year yeah it's uh i lost you there for a sec you refer you rehearsed for how long we rehearsed for 12 months oh right because you said year. it got canceled for a little while yeah, so yeah, like sense. we just, I don't really know what happened, but we had some issues and we had to cancel it. Okay. Um, but we okay. did, we did remount it a few months later. Okay. Um, I, yeah, it was in 2009, <laughs> 2009, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're, we're talking 14 years, like, yeah. Oh, and, okay. Well, I've written yeah. it down and I will, I will look into it because a, a Dracula musical, a Dracula rock musical, I think you said? Yep. That sounds pretty yep. cool to me. I, there, there was some genuinely great songs in that show. There were like, and I, I, I as someone who I've always wanted to write my own musical, mm. I really commend anybody who puts their own work out into the world and just says, "Yep, here it is. Like, here's my, here's my three-hour Dracula musical." <laughs> and yeah, like, like I said, there was some genuinely good stuff in there. Right on. I can't believe. Okay, so we're we're creeping. I okay. So we're hitting that point in the show already where I have to redirect you and offer you a soapbox moment if you want it or a promo moment or we can talk more about musicals, whatever you want to do. But this is the point in the show where I usually offer the guest a few minutes to switch gears and talk about something else. Doesn't have to be theater related, doesn't have to be music related in your case. It can be anything at all. The floor is yours. Yeah. Um, so... My my first thought, uh, we are living in a time now where I think that no matter where you stand or who you are, turning on the news and reading about what's going on in the world can can be pretty dreadful. You know, it can it can lead to a sense of hopelessness and things like that. And and like that, this is this is maybe me projecting a little bit. Mm -hmm. I because I, yeah, I've stopped reading the news for yeah. the most part. Just yeah. anything that is relevant to what's happening in my life. That's usually kind of what I try to stick to. Yeah. But yeah, uh, on that tangent, I think that or on this my soapbox, I should say that I think people sometimes need to take a step back, including myself, where the news cycles and the way things are set up in our modern world, it's very easy to doom scroll. It's very easy to, to think that things are horrible and bad. I think that with that being all said, I, th I think this is probably one of the most important times to push against that um, in the sense that I think we need to stop letting news stories and you know current events and things like that really defining who we are as people like i am not defined by every crisis in the world and as a result like i think there is a a, a bit of room for compa compassion mm -hmm. to the people who may be suffering but at the same time if there's nothing really i can do about it in my immediate 
time or vicinity or yeah. whatever. I'm not saying don't worry about it, but I'm saying like there are other things that you should be focusing on instead of thinking of the macro of the entire world. I think it's a good time to start thinking about the micro of just this is my world, this is my immediate circle, this is what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. I because I, I hear it, I hear it from a lot of people my age, I hear it from. I hear it from so many different walks of life mm-hmm. from people who are, you know, middle class, doing fine, have their kids, have their houses, etc. And they're struggling. Mm-hmm. And I hear people, you know, who are in lower classes and poverty and things like that who are facing insurmountable odds at this point. Yeah. But I, I would also say that, you know, humanity has been around for at least 15,000 years, if not more. I, I don't, and God, don't quote me on that. I'm terrible with history and things like that. My point being is the human race has survived a lot of different crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. And we will push through yeah. these bad times yeah. just like any other time before. And I think my, my big soapbox thesis is that <laughs> take care of yourself and try not to, try not to be Atlas. Try not to carry the world on your shoulders, you know? Yeah. I think there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot going on and you just got to do the best you can with what you got. Absolutely. And there's a fine line between being connected and knowing what's going on in the world and maintaining your own mental health. There's, there's mm-hmm. got to be a balance. Protect your peace. Yeah. So that you can be a good human and, and be kind to other people because you're not burnt out and depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. I, I, I say this, and I know there are people in my life that might listen to that and say, what do you mean? That's all you ever talk about. <laughs> and it, yeah, I'm finding that now it's like, yeah, it's it sucks when you wake up and you're miserable yeah. without even looking at anything. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, yeah, I'm just, I think this is a perfect time to really start practicing gratitude yeah. for the things you do have and the things that are good. Yeah. That is an excellent way to end the episode, sir. I like it. Um, Thank you so much for taking time with me yet again. It was nice to be able to chat with you once more. Yeah. No, it was a great chat. Thank you for having me. It went by so fast. It always does. And God, I I rant and rant and rant. No, you're perfect. Don't stress at all. (laughs) No, it's lovely to hear you talking about things you're passionate about. Five, six hours, I'm sure. But yeah, I (laughs) I think brevity is the name of the game here wow it's only a little wee podcast so unfortunately but um i think we did i think we did good okay well um yeah thanks again um i hope you have a good day and i hope i run into you in the near future so we can say hello yeah i'm sure you'll see me around i'm as of right now i've backed out of the theater scene just to kind of take care of my own stuff but you know, it's one of those things where it's like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm always kind of thinking about it. You'll get sucked <laughs> back in eventually. <laughs> yep. Yep. As it goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have a good one. You too. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Sounds Bye-bye. good. Bye. Okay, kids. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.